Welcome to Holeback Rack Podcast. My name is Jessica Hare. I operate Hare Hollow Farm, and we breed boas, balls, and select colubrids. Hi, I'm Jenna King. I operate ASM Royal Tails, and I breed high-end ball pythons. We want to share our journey navigating herpetoculture and are dedicated to promoting biohazard safety for all species. And we would love you to answer the question, what's in your holdback rack? Hi. How are you? Surprise. Surprise. Yay. It's our faces. This is obviously not the logo of the podcast. This is the only logo I have on me. So here we are. so beautiful. Look at the bunny. You do? I do love the bunny, except for that he's about to eat it. Or they're about to be friends. We don't know. Maybe they're going to cuddle. Episode 16. I got rid of all my bunnies. Our podcast can officially drive. (laughs) You can drive when you're 15. You just can't do it without somebody there to help you. Anyway, I got rid of all my bunnies. I know you did, especially that fluffy cute one. This is maybe like a random aside already. It only took 20 seconds to do it. But I had a hard time selling bunnies here. Hard time. Really? So. Did you sell like a hutch with it or just. No, I was selling feeder bunnies murdered in a bag. Oh. Ready to be fed to a large snake. You had a hard time selling them the whole time you lived here though. Mm Mm-hmm. So, well, I've only had them for six months or something. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought yeah, you... no. I just. But you have a bunny on your logo. My last name's Hare. Hippity hop. So this is this is fake news right here. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Or you could be feeding, I guess, not necessarily growing. Right. I had them starting last spring. Okay. And so I guess I've been trying to sell them for about eight months or something. And it just. No, I sold a couple to a couple people. But not consistently, and I got death threats on Craigslist. What? Yeah, I posted on my Instagram if you want to look at it, everybody. It's fun. See, now you're going to see that I actually, like, play on my phone through the whole podcast? (laughs) No, but I guess my point is, is then I've had conversations with people on the Discord about um, that they're looking for rabbits in their area. That's the testing Discord, not the podcast Discord, in case anybody's confused. Uh, It's the same thing. To me. <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> but you can't like search for... Never mind. Go ahead. Keep right. Going. You can't search for a Discord anyway. You always need an invite. Um, so if anybody's interested in the podcast, to me, they're the same thing at this point. We could make another one one day. But oh, it no, feels... Make like you don't right like now. it anyway. I hate Discord. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's so, not personal to anybody who loves it. It's just not the format for me. Sorry. Sorry. That's why I put this here. This is my first time recording at Hair Hall Castle Farm. Hair. So, so this is interesting. And then she's she's leaving me. So, might be it was the all only, for not. <laughs> might be the only uh, in person episode. But if we can figure it out, she does all the she does everything. I just show up. But if we can figure it out, we're hoping to do video in the future, right? Yeah, I mean, I was doing sort of the background work. It's very easy to do two Discord screens and have that be what's recorded. Right, yeah. yeah. That's what the format will be in the future. Right, right. It won't be this because she's leaving. Forever. That's alright. I don't have like real dates and stuff. Because fuck me, right? But she's preparing to go. Yeah. So maybe we'll get one more in. Maybe I'll actually uh, grow a pair and we'll do it live. 
This is going to be funny. We're not going to make eye contact with the camera. Right. We're making eye contact with the screen. Yeah. Weirdly. (laughs) But not... Or with each other. It doesn't matter. It's weird. Anyway. It's going to be awkward. Enjoy. Oh, yeah. So, today we are talking about shipping first. because Shipping first. um, Failed. Failed. What, twice now? Mm Mm-hmm. Twice. So, this is take three of talking about shipping that we've been promising for weeks. You received stuff this week? Yes, I have three snakes coming in this week. I sent out this week. I sent out last week. Oh, you did? And How'd I'm it go? sending out next week. Fine. They kept the insurance up they the whole time. They kept insurance no uh, Indy? No, I, I only get sent to Indy if it's going to the Northeast. So we get rounded through Memphis Okay. if the destination is almost anywhere else. But the Northeast. Or from North Northeast. Because some of my stuff's coming from New York. And so I'm hoping it goes through Memphis because of temperatures. We'll get into like the trajectory of a I, box. My stuff always goes through. You're just lucky Indy. somehow. I am. <laughs> it, well, there was a time where they were rerouting stuff that should have gone to Memphis to Indy also. Like it would have normally like been. Madhouse. Crazy. Right. So that might have been part of it also. But Indy is supposed to be the overflow one and or just the northeast one. But you can tell by the code on the label. She's getting wasted, but ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Did you spike my diet code? Mm. Things are going to get crazy. Where do you buy your shipping supplies? You personally. Me personally, I have bought shipping supplies from Reptiles to You and um, Reptile Basics. But hearing you talk about Ship Your Reptiles and how much better of a website it is and how they have like insurance and I didn't know any of that when I started shipping. We're going to get into all that, but that's where I get my shipping supplies. Right. You don't actually have to buy from Ship Your Reptiles to use, you don't have to buy their supplies to use their service or whatever. You can use any service with anybody's box. Yes. And the same is true for like 40 hour heat packs are the same, no matter who you're buying them from. Right. what? Buy them from somebody reputable, Phase but 22's. it doesn't matter which Right. Company. You can buy them from Amazon, technically. So I usually just look at who's cheaper at the time, because I feel like the prices fluctuate. Yes, they do. And so. sometimes you'll get bad batches of heat packs, so you'll want to watch the lot numbers that we know are bad, which is hard to tell. But usually the, the good companies will pull them from their inventory. Yeah. Amazon might not. There was a rash of... Bad 40-hour heat packs last year. I remember that. They weren't turning on. But we'll talk about how you turn on a heat pack here in a second. Um, So you have to buy supplies. What you need is a box that is insulated with minimum half-inch styrofoam. Some people make their own. Yeah, that's totally fine. Yep. It is cheaper, but it's not a lot cheaper. They've figured out how to make it pretty economical to yeah, buy a box. Yeah, it's pretty reasonable if you buy more than one. If you're just buying one, it's just going to break you. But if you buy like a case, you're fine. Um, I think that Stone Age Ball Pythons has a video on their YouTube about cutting styrofoam from Lowe's or Home Depot and doing your own packaging if anyone wants to go that route. But I just buy it pre-done. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff to do in life. And yeah. that's not one of them that's I really not, need yeah, to do. I'm not putting my time into that. But if you want to, there are videos out there that can show you how. Right. You could buy the the boxes to your spec from Uline relatively cheap. The cardboard box itself. Yeah. 
but also, I buy them. The, you watch the lot numbers on the heat packs and stuff, but also watch the expiration dates. Um, a lot of people ignore expiration dates on things. That's not one that you want to ignore. If they're expired, throw them out. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, I've heard that. I usually just test them if they if fire they up. up. Okay. In general, this is maybe personal weirdness. If a heat My pack fails at hour 20, does it matter? It should already be there. So it's only if it fails in the rare, in the additional rare circumstance of it failing when it's laid over somewhere. Right. And even then, almost all f- like laid over times are in a hub, Memphis or Indy, inside. So they're in 60 degrees. So it would take a lot to kill a snake. Right. Well, Due I mean, to if you think about it, we look at our temperatures failure. outside when we ship snakes to be extra cautious, but they should be going from 60 degree buildings to 60 degree cars to 60 right. degree. And when they're on the airplane, yeah, it gets cold up and up in there. Right. Atmosphere. I asked Chris about it. I was like, in a un. Her husband's in the Air Force, if you have not caught yeah. that in the previous <laughs> yeah. 15 episodes. If, if you haven't. Uh... Sorry, like airlocked the cargo bay of an airplane. It can get as cold as 40 or so, but it's usually still a little 60 because it's just, oh, really? it absorbed the air of wherever it was from and they closed it and the whole thing's kind of hot anyway. So that's... The engines like keep it warm? Well, that, no, but like there's just like ambient machinery okay. everywhere. Interesting. So yeah, it's so not... Like, it, it should be pretty temperature controlled. Right. It's just for the extreme circumstances you want to be... Doing the recommended like, right. heat or cool packs because of... So you don't have to listen to us for any of this. Because you can go to Ship Your Reptiles or Reptile <laughs> Basics or Reptiles to You. And they have like detailed, very specific what they think you should do. And it's basically what we're going to tell you. So it's not... We're not breaking any new <laughs> molds This is here. not new news. This right. is not a secret recipe. No. It's all what's everyone decided to do five years ago or whatever. Because bef- in the before time... Most boxes weren't insulated at all. Oh, really? Mm-mm. I didn't get an insulated box. If you got an insulated box, that was sweet. You're like, that guy knows what they're doing. In the my, For my last collection time, okay. very rarely would you get an insulated box. It would be like padded with newspaper or something, but not insulated ever. <laughs> See, and in my young patronage, I've only ever gotten... Right, it's the gold standard now, so it is the standard. Right. I would not, I would be pissed if someone sent me a non-insulated snake box Oh my gosh, I would blast now. them on social yeah, media. right. So, no way. But they did okay getting shipped that way before, because being cold sort of doesn't matter that much to most species. Right. Not all species. Cold to a point. Right. So as long as they're not in freezing, they can recover. Like the guy, what's his name? Who puts all his ball pythons through three days of 40 degrees or whatever. Oh yeah, he turns every, unplugs everything in the winter because They're he fine. had like a power outage. And he's like, that made my... What, my numbers may, go up. It may or may not be what's responsible. But like, they can definitely tolerate being very cold. All of Billy's snakes that were half frozen it have persisted and are, look fine. Yeah, and they're breeding this year. I'm not saying freeze your snakes. Don't freeze your snakes. But I'm saying don't be as scared about cold weather shipping. Because to me, this is the best time of year to ship. Cold weather is safer than hot weather. Right. Because you can't, you know, like pull a brain back from being under Mute. heat stress. Right. Because yeah. the proteins will denature and they can never come back together. It's like being literally being cooked. 
We can't fix that in a snake. There are, right. But a cooled snake is, could can be, be slowly just fine. Back up. Right. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, fuck yeah, it's winter shipping. Woo! <laughs> because this time of year, I can ship almost universally with a heat pack to wherever, and it's okay. But in the spring, if I'm trying to ship to Texas, I need a heat pack for my side, but not for their side. That's where it gets weird. And then you're like, uh, well, we, we don't want to kill it. So invariably, ship your reptiles would be like, don't put a heat pack in, put a phase 22 in. I it'll, need to get some of those. Have you just, used them? Yeah, my, they're my favorite thing I've ever bought. They're, they're more expensive, but they're extremely worth it. expensive. Yeah, extremely okay. expensive. And that's but, when you would want that is the right the dual zones. So phase twenty two is a uh, fluid made by science <laughs> that has been scientists designed to to have a freezing point melting point of seventy two degrees. Okay, that's room ass temperature. This is really good. So that means it'll retain heat. And let it go slowly, but only to like, it wants to moderate the temperature to 72 degrees. It's like a heat pump in a little cryo pack. Right, but it doesn't produce any of its own heat. Right. It just is like a heat sink or a, or a heat sort of holder that can let it go. But it's such a nice snake temperature for all kinds of animals. Right. Crusty geckos. It was designed for like botany stuff, like cut flowers. So, like, if you're shipping cut flowers or just to, like, grow I think, cut flowers? Or just living plants. If you want to, like, just keep them sort of in between and not tropical plants, yeah, like, yeah. wildly different temperatures. That's what I think it was mostly designed for. But it looks, it does awesome in snakes. Because this is something you could, like, add to a heat pack situation if you want to, like, give some sort of smooth out the trajectory of their, like, temperatures. Because it'll... You put it both at the same time? Yeah. And I do that now, do? for sure. It just smooths it out. So, like, the hot side will be extremely hot. The snake will be on the other side with the phase 22. So, if the hot... If he, if they stay inside for too long and the hot pack is overworking, it'll absorb some of the heat instead of the snake getting it. Okay. And then it'll give it back to the snake when the... If the hot pack fails or whatever. It'll just... It's like a thermal inertia device. That's but set to seventy-two, not super hot or super cold, just like a normal room temperature, which most snakes will tolerate. The things that are that are weird are like super sensitive crested geckos, amphibians that cannot get over whatever eighty degrees. They would definitely benefit from lots of phase twenty-two usage and much less heat pack usage. Okay. Do you do a lot of shipping? Is the majority of your sales shipping? Okay. I was looking at. I filed my taxes last night. My husband did ours too. I good job. Didn't look at it, but good job, husband. <laughs> and I sold more snakes outside the state than inside the state. That's awesome. So that's what I hope to do this season because I'm going to be doing more high end mm-hmm. rather than show quality. So yeah, I shipping does like sketch you out the first five times. Oh, I've shipped a lot. I've shipped probably, 20? probably 25 times. Yeah. Yeah. And the first five times, you're like, this is you're, terrible. The first five times, you literally like, throw up all night because you're so worried that it's going to just keel over and you've but done the, something But the wrong. process is pretty good, is <clears throat> what I'm saying. It's set up. The instructions good. are good. You can find information. It's, it's very pretty safe. procedural. It's very safe. Like, nothing. FedEx does suck balls. Yes. They but they're doing pretty good. 
like I all things considered this, this year yet other than the weather was crappy so people weren't shipping but well there's a lot of pilot shortages due to covid stuff like they literally didn't have enough pilots to run the airplanes so just like like the whole country is like that That's right it's fine getting covid right now i think but we're we're they're doing fine they're doing fine no big dramas and i hopefully will get all my snakes next this wednesday without a hitch so ship your reptiles has been had insurance the entire pandemic which jana alluded to this earlier and none of the other providers did yeah and i didn't know that they were offering it i thought that no providers were offering it right i had a lot of people who were trying to buy something for me but like nobody has insurance i'm like nobody that you check has insurance (laughs) so i've been only using ship your reptiles only tuesday wednesday to hub which was their requirements for insurance this whole time and it's been just fine and i think that you should be shipping hub to hub in the pandemic um i think we should all be doing it always always that's my standard i won't i know there's some people who vehemently disagree with that like i want to ship to my house no matter what i won't sell to them Uh, maybe it'll matter when i have higher valued snakes but I only ship hub to hub unless it's an extenuating circumstance. Like the only time that I have not shipped to a hub, they owned a pet store and they had like a legitimate storefront and they were like, we receive all our packages there. By 10 a.m.? Yeah. And they yeah. had like a reliable FedEx. Yeah. Person that's the other thing. If you're like, they could show ship, me that they were a legitimate. The ship here would be delivery by 5 p.m. Like, there's no guarantee. It's oh, not a new. FedEx guy, like, it's not 10. could care less that there's a live animal in that box. And I've had him, like, I have a really steep driveway. I've had him, like, chuck it down the driveway. <laughs> uh, yeah, and they're it's, busy. Like, they just, like, don't. They're busy. They're so busy and they're so overworked. Probably everywhere, but in our area especially. And they, some of them aren't even FedEx drivers. They're, like, contract drivers in their, yes, like, minivan. In, or a Penske yeah, and so they literally, like, I don't even think they look at the package and read that it says live animal on it. So it's just, I do hub to hub only, and I think that that should be the new standard and that people I feel like it has been. It has been, I feel like, the last, like, three months. I feel like it has been this whole, this whole time. Since pandemic. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, last season, for sure, but I didn't have any babies the season before, but I was buying a lot, and it was not people would ship it to my house. Right. Well, no one, no one said, "Oh, it has to go to a hub." Until twenty twenty one, not a single person was like, I "You were buying ship. snakes in 2020? 2020. Okay, yeah. And nobody said, oh, "What's well, your hub?" I didn't even know where my local hub was. What? All right. Yeah. Well, I have always asked for hub since twenty nineteen because there's no reason a snake should be bounced around on a truck an extra eight hours when you could go get it. Yeah, so. I agree. Although, like, I've had people be like, you need to go pick up from the hub one hour after it's available. And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> no, I don't it's, yeah. fine. it's fine. It's fine at the hub. And it's 65 degrees. What are you going to do? Yeah, yeah, I don't give a shit. You can go. It's fine there. I mean, it's I just better than the like, back of a truck. Hey, your snake is waiting for you, but not like. Oh, yeah. That's. It's fine to like, remind them that they, it's like, available. Me, like, your snake is available. But it's usually, like, because it's, like, three days late and they're, like. Just so you know, I just got updated. It's there. Yeah. Hurry, go get it. Because it's been in a box for three days. Poor snakes. And usually what happens to snakes isn't that there's anything particularly wrong with them from being in a box for three days. They're just thirsty. So just bring them in, warm them up kind of slow. 
give him some water. Let him yeah. take a break for a week, and they'll be fine. Yeah, my they're usually cold, and um, so they have to, even though they've been in a box for three or four days, I we have to leave them on the counter or in the room before they can come out to, to warm up, before you can put them in a... Right. A they just need to warm up so, pretty slow. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes, like, I make it a long drive for me, so that's like 30 minutes in, like, a room temperature controlled. Your mileage may vary. But I just think people are really stressed out about shipping, and you don't have to be, is what I'm saying. Because the process is pretty good. Who is going to ship me a snake this week because she's putting her hatchlings up for sale, and she's never shipped. And so she's, like, super nervous. And I, I totally understand that. It's totally normal to feel that way. And, like... Jessica said earlier, once you get about five under your belt, then you feel more confident. Um, but it's okay. Follow the directions. It's going to go fine. The horror stories that you hear are rare. Have you ha- experienced... A death? A death Mm-mm. in shipping? Neither have I. That doesn't mean it doesn't happen. It's not like the survivorship mentality. It's never going to happen to me. Yeah, it, it will does. happen eventually to us. It will happen. Just don't spend the money of the snake that they bought from you. Right. But until, until you get a happy right, right, customer. Right. Always that should be your policy. Yeah. But um, 99% of the time, it's going to be totally fine. And mm-hmm. there are rare instances where it's not. And you don't, worrying about it or being anxious about it does not, I just totally hit the mic, sorry. That's all right. Um, doesn't make it safer. <laughs> it's just yeah, like, no. it's, a, it's a numbers, like a like numbers thing. Like, there, no matter what you're shipping, some time of right. shipping is going to go wrong. Unfortunately, there's a certain amount of boxes that are just like crushed and lost. You know, like right, lost, lost. They're just gone. Right. Probably somebody literally <sighs> backed their truck up over it. So that can happen too. Uh, unfortunately, that is extremely rare, though. I don't think we're being very reassuring. Uh, nope. <laughs> Maybe we should get to the reassuring part. It's going to be fine. So you have your choice of cryo, what was that thing called? The really scientific-y thing? Phase 22. Phase 22 or heat pack. You have your two-inch well, let, insulated box. Let's go through the steps of shipping. Okay. Okay. So we've bought a box. Now we're going to assemble it. The box, in my opinion, and this is apparently up for debate, should be substantially bigger than the snake that is within it. I've been shipped snakes that are like full up in that box. Like the, there's no additional space around the insulation. There's just snake and then insulation and then cardboard. Like the snake completely fills in the entire interior space. And that's bad? Yeah. I've totally done that. Here's why it's bad. If it's temperate temperatures, if you don't have a cryo or... Heat. Yeah, of course then. But also like I'm worried about like doubling the insulative power of what's going on so the snake is in the center of your whatever your insulating part is in the middle of this there are multiple air pockets that are like protecting the snake from outside temperatures well i don't mean like i've like coiled the snake and shoved it down in and it was like i've gotten snakes where the the snake fills the entire box okay the entire box i mean like i literally like there's still like paper around it and stuff but it's like it's a seventy five percent of the box of snake. Yeah, I really think it should be more like fifty percent or less. Okay, interesting. 
I've been sent lots of snakes that filled the entire box. And I, that's why I'm like, that's why it's up for debate. I put a 1,800-gram snake, and they wanted it right away, and I had bigger boxes on order. Um, and normally I'd put that in, like, a 12 by 12 by 12 or 10 by 10 by 10. And I had, like, a 12 by 6. 12 by 9 by 6? Yeah. And that's the one I'm thinking of. And I'm like, yeah, it fits. But if you wait a week, I can put it in a 12 by 12 by 12. Yeah. And they were like, no, ship it anyway. So that one was, that's the most crammed I've ever put. Yeah, that stuff makes me uncomfortable. Okay. Also because, like, if the sides of the box are going to be crushed, which is usually how a box is damaged, if the snake is basically touching all the sides, there's no way for there's the no snake protection. to like be pushed away from the side that's being crushed. So the snake will invariably get injured. A lot okay. of times when that it's like sense. little corn snakes or whatever that have died that I've seen, it'll, it'll be like an, an edge that's been crushed like under a door or something. And the snake was too close to the, to the, side. the crushed side. Okay, It's not all the time. So what size do you ship hatchlings in? 12 by 9 by 6 every time. What? Doesn't matter how expensive it is. Players don't play. Wow, I put them in 9 by 9s. If there's no heat pack or cryo or anything needed. Uh, it's okay to do that. A 9 by 9 by 9. If there's no... In that's the only, spring. Right, that's only if like Just like the putting... right time. And you do save money for sure yes. on shipping. But if you have any kind of augmentation ice you cannot that is not safe do not put one in a nine by right 12 by nine by six is the minimum size anyone recommends for an additional temperature control feature yeah so so you can have like half of it be temp because if the snake lays on the heat pack for any reason it'll kill the snake so heat packs 140 degrees or whatever so if they're touching, it'll it'll overheat the snake. So they need to be far and I've away, seen that, and that's terrible. You don't want to experience that. But still near enough to have a temperature difference. So that's why the twelve by nine by six is like, to me, the it should be the default box unless something else is going on. Okay. For a ball python or boa sized baby corn snakes, little colubrids are different. They are so small, you could almost. I don't recommend it. You can almost still have a heat pack. But have the snake be still six inches away from right. it in like a square shaped one. Because the snake is like nothing. Little little dreamscape of little snake <laughs> dreams. Little <teeny> <laughs> it's a little quarter of a snake in a deli <clears throat> that's like four inches away from it. You could argue see, that. I don't know. I wonder if that's what happened to my garter snakes. They get put as, in a heat pack in a nine by nine by nine? I think it was the smaller one. So there's seven by seven by seven, eight by eight by eight, nine by nine by nine, and ten by ten by ten commercially available. They were not the tens, and I don't think it was the nines. It was an eight, eight or, or seven, seven, and it had two in deli cups stacked. And the and top one was right next to it. And that one died right away, and then the other one died within a week. And they were stuck for three days. And Dang. But they were like, he put them in like wet moss, but by the time I got them, the moss was like, Especially when the top one was like really dry, dry, which I think it got superheated and it just never looked right. I wonder if that's what happened because there was not a six inch gap. It was like a layer of newspaper between it and the yeah. I think that was might have done it. That would have done it to me. I would have interpreted that as interesting a lethal. I didn't. It didn't even until we were talking about just now. It didn't even occur to me. So to me, the the temperate colubrids rarely need a heat pack. Even I will do it this year, but to me it's for show. It's a, a security theater type thing. 
where I'm just pretending that they need it. Okay. So you, f- the customer, so the feel good. Feels better. When they don't a, need it. They live in the outside. If they have board. empty stomachs, they're fine. They we could just ship them. They'd be fine. <laughs> yeah. They're never going to experience freezing temperatures on that whole journey. I agree. So there's really no It'd reason be interesting to. Interesting if somebody sent like a govi or something in one of those boxes. Oh, we should do that. So hard. <gasps> well, I'm you moving move. to Oklahoma anyway. Oh, I'm totally doing that. I'm totally, we can just like <laughs> check yeah, what the temperature experiences for a box. Yeah, and I think we'll find it's it's pretty a little, temperate. Cr- little mostly temperate but quite cool. Yeah. Even with a heat pack maybe. I don't yeah, know. So like fascinating. It just doesn't the snakes they're they're fine. It's they're fine. And colubrids are super fine. They don't temper colubrids. Tropical colubrids, different story. Temper colubrids, they don't they're that's what they do anyway. Yeah. I temp on them sometimes in the house when the ambient is kinda cool in the house. And they have a hot spot. They don't give a shit. They'll still be 60 degrees. I'm like, what are you doing? Just go over there. I don't want to. Okay, fine. Okay, fine. You're an adult. You're an adult snake. You can choose what you want to do with your free time. Well, yeah, your one that's in shed was hanging out at the very front. Yeah. They know they don't want to be that hot most of the time unless they need to be hot for a reason. So they'll choose to be quite cold, especially boas, like imperator boas. You'd be surprised how much they tolerate coldness. My kings hate their hot spot. I almost feel like I'm plugging it. They're in 78 degrees and they never are in the... They have a C70s mm-hmm. and they are never... It's on 83, 84, I think. And they are never back there, ever. Right. They probably do use it though, like... When they just ate, oh, okay. you know, or whatever. Yeah, so, no, I've, like, so unless you want to run ambience of 82... They have it. Right. They have it. And they're at 78, but they are, whenever I check on them, they're always like, maybe they're also like, I'm going to eat your face. Right. So they're literally, I come in the room and they're like, is it feeding time? Every, every day. Yeah, woman. Where's my food? Where's my food? Where's my quail, bitch? Okay. All right. So in general, 12 by 9 by 6 for baby boas or baby ball pythons, because that allows you to use it for heat in the winter if you buy a box of 10 or 15 or whatever comes in the box. Good enough. If you want to use a smaller one in the summer, you can, I guess. Maybe 8 by 8, 9 by 9, not the tiniest the one. The 9 by 9. Yeah, I wouldn't go be better. smaller than that with a ball python. Little colubrids. I'm not that mad if I get a little colubrid in a 7 by 7 by 7 if it has a deli inside of it because it the deli is you know an extra level of crush protection right with no augmentation with no augmentation when you're getting ready to ship obviously you first coordinate with your buyer and be like what days can you receive and you go from there but you're using a cold pack almost never for a snake just saying use them for amphibians more ship your reptiles recommends no cold packs ever for reptiles even if the Receiving temperatures at the sort of border. Interesting. I feel like I've used cold packs more than I've used hot packs. But it's, it's like a, the two by two. You just, just chuck it in a corner. It's just one of those things like they're going in the airplane. The airplane is always 40 to 60 degrees. And you're, you're putting in wrong, a cold pack. But people want, want to that cold see. pack. Right. So I'm just <laughs> like, we shouldn't be doing cold packs at all. Probably just phase 22s. Because that is the version of a cold pack that is less cold and less hot. We should 
less than seven dollars more affordably because I feel like that's a cost that you eat as a mm-hmm. that I eat, not the customer eats. Like mm-hmm. the other thing about Phase Twenty Two's Best Dress Balls did an interview where he talked about a Phase Twenty Two breaking open in the shipping container, Whoa. and it burned the snakes chemically, like. Cause chemical burns. Okay. So I double bag phase 22s in like Ziploc bags. Double bag that stuff. <laughs> well, just in case like the first bag fails, I have a second bag. What kind of bag do you bag Just in? sandwich bags, which, you know, obviously have failure problems anyway. But that way, like. Because the heat packs you wrap in a brown paper bag. I do not do that. You do not do that. Oh, no. okay. So the heat pack instructions say not to cover the red strip. But they also say wrap it in something. Right, when you're warming it up to begin with. <laughs> Whoa! Don't so, buy a snake for me. I don't know. So what here's doing. what I do is I open the heat pack. It's starting to get exposed oxygen. I crack it up just to get yep. the oxygen exposed to all the pieces. I wrap it in a something for like two hours while waiting it for it to come to temperature because it needs to hit like a critical temperature to like have a sustained chemical reaction. This is the morning I'm shipping, right? And then I unwrap it. And then I tape it to the top of the styrofoam on the opposite side of the snake will be with the red strip exposed. Interesting. That's, I'm doing it wrong, people. I think. Because I thought that you were supposed to put it in a. Like, wrapped. Wrapped in paper. Mm. And then definitely ask you not to do that. So I'm not. Definitely don't do I what know she's people, doing. I know people wrap uh, cold packs because they're like very cold and there's no way to like moderate how cold it is or whatever. So they'll like insulate the cold pack to keep the cold pack colder longer. Uh, and then it's like drippy and there's condensation. So they'll wrap it in, um, paper towels. Whoa, people. I didn't know this was a a thing. Apparently. I I think your heat packs still work, but they definitely say, like, that's why there's that red line on there. It's like, don't cover this line because that's the amount of O2 transfer it needs see? to function. I'm going to go home and read my pack and see what it says. We can argue about it later. Okay. I'm going to have <laughs> But one. Jessica's most likely I think this is, like, what they tell in the Ship Your Reptiles, like, tutorial. Don't cover the red line. I'm sure your stuff still worked because it was it's probably, like, fine. so tightly all, packed. All snakes arrived alive. <laughs> But I'm learning something new. Yeah, the thing that like gives me a weird feeling is when people receive a snake that was sent correctly without a hot pack, and then like it's cold, and I'm disappointed. And I'm like, Ugh. there was somebody who blasted. This was probably six months ago. Blasted on World of All Pythons. Look at how they shipped it to me, and it was like their snake was in it, and it was like crinkled paper. I mean, it looked perfect, perfect. And they were pissed that there was, like, recycled newspaper in it instead of the, like, pillow fluff or something. And everybody's like, that's how I pack my snake. That's how I pack my snake. You know, like, crumpled newspaper or, like, shredded newspaper? No, it was, like, crumpled up. Oh, uh, yeah, that's what I do now. But it wasn't, like... Polyfill. It wasn't even... Like, sometimes you get it and they put, like, three pieces in there and it's, like, there's nothing Loose. protecting... It wasn't right. even like that. It was, like, stuffed, like perfectly packed well, what did he want like, a heat pack i like, like i wanted was... the, the pillow fluff and i wanted it you know like they just like opened it up and they were just like oh this is so crappy i'm so mad and everybody's I, like i literally there's nothing wrong and i like it fine but I like it's also to. plastic so like fuck how much trash do we have to throw away 
in this hobby, you know, so polyfill. It's, right. It's like I used plastic. to use the polyfill, and then this may be totally redundant and not accurate, but in my brain, like, because you don't necessarily want to throw that polyfill into the dumpster and landfill, I feel like some people reuse that, and I don't feel like that's good for biosecurity. Um, mm -hmm. You don't want to take that packing material and send it with a different snake because it could have Nido or crypto or whatever on it. And so people have no problem taking the shipping. People stuff definitely out. do reuse polyfill, though. You know, no, they for do. sure. That's what they I'm saying. That's they why do. I quit. That's why I've quit using because I used to do that, and and that's bad. So um, I had a whole like trash bag that I would like as I was unpacking snakes, but mm -hmm. that's so bad. Don't do that. Please don't do that. That's not safe. Um, but with crushed up paper and stuff, you just take it out and put it in your recycling bin and nobody feels bad about that. So that's why I use newspaper rather than polyfill because I worry that people won't, people will do something ignorant like I was doing and maybe unknowingly spreading Nido or whatever. So don't wrap your heat packs like Jana did. And I won't wrap mine this year either. <laughs> the next step is to put the snake in a secondary container. So if the snake is, you could use delis, you can use a bag. There are pros and cons to both. What are your pros for using a deli with, say, a ball python, not a cobra? It's more safe. So for crushing reasons... There's just another stronger thing than a bag. But to me, they pop off when pressed, even if you do rubber bands and tape. Mm -hmm. So it could escape more easily than a bag to me, a bag with a zip tie. So my thought process on that is that the delis, even if you put some kind of... PP absorbing material? Correct. They're... Loose what? in there, and so they're, they're sliding like around, shook or whatever. They're getting banged around. Like, yeah, so they're in a bag and they're packed in. They're not being jostled around, around as much. Yeah, um, that doesn't necessarily mean it's right. I don't think it's like I'm not upset if I get a deli. I just in my brain, I'm like, I feel they're like definitely they're sliding around. It, yeah. It's like your brain in your head when you're in a car accident, where the first accident is your like face hitting, and the yeah. next one is your head hitting inside your skull. So I worry about that personally. Yeah, people just need to learn to overpack loose bedding in their delis. Like fill the deli up? Yeah, so the snake is okay. sort of restricted because if you're going to do that. I have had boxes that were like the corner is crushed and they were it just happened to be in a deli and they were fine. It wasn't even popped open or anything. Right. Cause yeah, I don't, I don't it. say it necessarily does pop open, but... Um, but... The other thing is like I bags, if they pee, oh, they could sort of like so suffocate so themselves... <laughs> Not really, but you know, like because it's wet, it'll like Stick be like sticking yeah. to their heads, and so like a deli, maybe it's not gonna get stuck to them because it's a piece of plastic. But that's why I like using paper. So if they pee, it just sort of travels into the it wicks into the paper. Do you use the like carefree bedding, or do you use like paper? I towels? do now. Okay, I've used both. I don't know what's better. Here's what I know. I don't like it when people send me shredded newspaper because it's really drying it's really there's lots of particulates okay so there's a lot of dust and um, there's ink that gets on the snake too right? yeah i'm not in love with that as yeah. a as a shipping softener i use like unprinted newspaper as my like 
positioning material. Mm-hmm. I'll make a little nest on one side. To keep the snake in one position, I almost universally use bags for bigger snakes because I think I prefer it a little bit better. But with little baby tiny snakes, yeah, they go. They have, have to. to they have to go to Delhi. Yeah, you don't have, like, can't a keep king track of them. Corn, you have to. <laughs> and the rules with FedEx are they have to be like double secured, so they need to be tied and then zip tied, or clipped down and then taped. Okay. To technically meet the standards, so that if one containment means fails, there's a backup. That's why people zip tie. Yeah, I know it's irritating to like cut zip ties, but the that's why they're doing it. Even though you're like, well, they could have just tied it. That would have been enough. Well, sometimes. Sometimes it's not enough. I've had, I've had snakes escape into the box. Yeah, me too. Usually it's like a flaw in the stitching. So they're coming out like with the, the bottom. Yeah. yeah. You want to poke holes in all four sides, one hole. Right. I've seen people do two holes on one side and two holes on the other side. And I'm like, I guess that technically is the same. I, think I, do, I do that with the bigger boxes. I'll do one on each side of the long. So it's like ventilating this way. Is that not enough? I don't know. I'm not in charge. I know that the rules are four holes. And yeah, I don't think I they care holes. what it is. But I've definitely heard people say they don't use any holes. I've received snakes with no holes. I've received a lot with no holes at all. I think they're trying to like keep it more insulated, of course, when yeah, it's, it's colder, like colder. But it's yeah. like, mm-hmm. I don't really give a shit. Like, the snake is not that cold. I'd rather have it breathe than I'd be cold. Have it breathing. <laughs> <laughs> breathing is good. Because, um, like we said, you can warm a snake up, but you can't. Um, a suffocated snake is a dead snake, and an overheated snake is a dead snake. But a cool snake can be warmed up, mm-hmm. even from terrible coldness. They it would never even experience in a normal shipping procedure. It can still be recovered, right? Like left out on a tarmac. Yeah, that's in Canada. In the apparently, winter, it, can, it can survive that. That was fucked like, overnight. Mm-hmm. Freezing snow. Yep. Um. You need a heat pack when the daytime high on both sides is less than 70. Really? Mm-hmm. Both sides, though. So if one of them is 50 and the destination is 75, you can't use a heat pack. I feel like if it's above 60, I I obviously speak to the person I'm shipping to. Usually you're shipping to, like, other breeders. I'm just giving stuff. ship your reptiles. Oh. Uh, oh exact okay. Sorry. rules. Exact rules. Cool. I don't follow that. <laughs> follow it. Ignore Jana. Right. It's so you don't use a heat pack if it's sixty. If the daytime high is sixty on both sides. Oh, and daytime above. high. Daytime high. Oh, not okay. nighttime. Never mind. Sorry. Ignore all that. You can cut all that out. I was thinking you were talking about nighttime lows. lows. Yeah. Oh, ship your reptiles. Doesn't... I do nothing if it's like if the temperature is like sixty to. 75, 878, daytime to low, nighttime. I do nothing in the, with the snake other than. Mm. I I just follow ship your reptiles. Ship They're very clear reptiles. about like. I've never even been on their website. If you don't do it the way we want you to do it, we're not refunding you. So like if they think that you're being, I don't know how oh, they would know. you're being hokey. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I mean, they are. They've never like service. grilled me when I asked for. Well, I guess I've never had any snake die. So, like, that's why they haven't grilled me. Mm-hmm. But when I just... They probably want pictures of how you shipped it right. and stuff. Yeah. So... Follow the directions if you want your insurance to work. Yes. And if that's... you're confused, you can always message any of the providers and they will give you more specific instructions. 
So if, if you're like, I'm 65, they're 55. What do I do? Yeah. You can just, just ask, ask them. They'll tell you. Yeah. And then the, the floor for when to stop shipping is daytime highs less than 38 at the source and destination. So that means the nighttime lows could technically be really fucking cold. But it doesn't matter because remember, it's in an airplane most of the time. What's the lowest you ship? I don't care. Nighttime, you don't care. It's daytime highs that matter. Okay. Because the obviously when it gets there, it's colder than it's daytime high. Right. But I don't think it's a problem because it's in the back of a sixty-degree truck. The boy that I'm getting this week, he didn't want to ship unless the night times were above freezing on both ends. I have heard people say that too, but that Mm -hmm. isn't the the rules of. Ship your reptiles. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming they know what they're doing. Ship your reptiles is the Bible. I've got it. Well, it's the same rules for everywhere else, too. Jeez, I must just be like a hack. I feel like, I, how have I not had every snake die? No. I, remember when you could ship a snake with no insulation and no that's, heat pack and they're actually true. fine? They're totally fine. <laughs> so you're fine. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, all of this is rules that are made up. For the most part, they're all fine. Just don't fry their brains. Right. I haven't fried any brains. Good job. And I haven't frozen any snakes. So. so. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think you, I think we could almost ship them all without heat packs down very cold. And See, it would, and still wouldn't matter. That's why I err on the side of don't put in a heat pack. Unless yes. Unless the customer wants one. And then you have the right size box and all this blah, blah, blah. Because to me, a heat pack is more dangerous. Than, it is. Mm-hmm. Than the temperate temperatures that it's going into. And so you have to be very aware of the situation when you're using a heat pack yeah it's it's more like uh theater about people's perception oh it came out of the box warm they're a good person or something but you can't use one at 70 anyway and they nope. feel kind of cool to the touch they at always 70. feel cool to the touch when you get them out of the box right it's just it's that's gonna happen the lacy act info on the outside is usually pretty self-explanatory you need to do the number the species name and the common name Hopefully we can all do that successfully. And some boxes don't have it, but you can print you can print them off there right. online. If you buy it from as like a part of a kit, it'll be printed on there already. Ship your reptiles are reptile basics is, but reptiles to you, they are not on the box. They have a PDF you have to print and tape to the box. That's which is lame. obnoxious. It is so dumb. Like, why can you not print that next to your freaking logo? Obviously you're printing the boxes. Is this little box on here gonna Really, people? Like, it? oh, it really drives me up the wall. I buy most of my boxes from Reptile Basics, actually, because it's usually cheaper. Mm-hmm. But... That's where I got my most recent, and I was really happy with them. I just buy, like, a trillion 12 by 9 by 6s for the most part. I think I have a little bit... What do you bit... ship... Well, you probably don't sell adult... Well, adult males? What do you ship adult males in? 15 by... What a, what's the next size out? 15 by 9 by 7 or whatever the next size is? Uh-huh. That sounds right. I do have littler ones. I think they're eight is that by what eight you by ship? eights for colubrids, and I have. Is that what you ship your little, little worms in? No, those are actually isopod. Uh, oh, okay. cups that okay. I was thinking about taking to the show, and I didn't because I didn't feel like it. Because it was a waste of time. Oh my gosh, I need to water my isopods. It's probably been two weeks since before I had COVID. How many will be left? <laughs> my problem with the isopods is they experience colony collapse. I think mine are doing that. At a, at a rate that is confusing to me. So I'm like, am I supposed to like be removing them and seeding them because eventually the, like the fungal load or whatever in the soil 
It's probably what I should be doing is like soil maintenance. Right. You're supposed to switch out like half of it every yeah. three months or something. It's it's too much work for me. The other thing that is I'm pissing me off isopods. about the isopods is they are like a reservoir for the forward flies because you can't like make it not humid, you know, full of fungus and whatever. Isopods need that. I have everybody. So like, I could right kill every forward fly, and they would still be one or two somehow persisting in those colonies. And this has happened multiple times where I go through like cycles of bullshit. That's why I was like, I feel you, girl. But if you have bioactive, you're in the biofuck department in terms of like <laughs> forward fly problems. Oh, what are they called? Forward. P H O R. Right, they look like fruit flies, but they're not. They're actually like a, a poop eater or like a decayed item eater. Are those the ones that make the little like... Maggots that are real tiny? Yeah. Yeah. That's the those one. Those are... But they're not fruit flies because they're There's like they're gnats different. and then there's those. And those are... I would rather have gnats than those because they make like the little maggot pod thing. Ugh. Right. So they're that's why I they're the curse to... of all people with snakes, but they, to me they've been I've much never had them before until this worse until I had bioactive because they find a way to persist no matter how much you clean because you have a source where they can live indefinitely and forever. get water right. forever. That's why I'm like oh. matter and matter bioactive through time. Maybe I know y'all think it's the best. I've never had them. Maybe that's why I have them now is because I have the bioactive. Right. I didn't have them either until I ran isopod colonies to potentially like sell them, and I'm like. They're getting in here and like staying, no matter how much traps and or like fly like, tape. Do I need to like de de maggot my rats or something? Like what is no. it like? Yeah, they can I obviously live on a... rat stuff too, but it's not your rat's fault because you're probably cleaning like everything good enough. They're living in your bioactive stuff, and they're gonna keep living in there unless you throw the the whole thing in the trash, which is the highest level of bullshit that I. Can like imagine. I've never had them before, and then when I went down with COVID. I'd seen them a little bit prior to that, like, but then I didn't clean anything all week, which never happens. So there was a lot of poop happening. And right, they, them... they can like rise and fall. But now that they're in your room, they're never going to go away unless you throw away the bioactive stuff, too. That's crazy. That sucks. I, put I mean, people could argue about still... like getting predatory mites in there. I'm like, no, they can live in anything moist, literally your toilet would be enough to keep them going because they just need a little water to persist so they find the next little thing. They're so gross. They're so gross. I do not do bugs. Isopods. I love isopods. Obviously, they're the devil. But I... <laughs> I like isopods too, but knowing now Ugh. that they're a reservoir and I can't beat forward flies with them around... I'm I didn't know what gonna... they were called. I was going to take a picture and ask you because they're nasty. That's what we were talking about on... Um... Ugh. Uh, with Zach Loveman, Dr. Zach Loveman on Because even the gnats are just like, they hatch or whatever and they're there and they're annoying and they're gross, but these are like... I think like you're... Pupa they're the same like, thing. They're the same thing. These ones, I didn't see the little like... You know what I'm talking about? The little like crystalluses or whatever? Right. They, they go from a maggot to a pupa and then they hatch out as a fly. So that's Maybe all I the same. always cleaned really well that I never saw those. Right. But you just missed a poo or two and they, they got... The maggots got big enough to be uh -huh. more obvious that they uh -huh. were a little pupa. This is this is terrible, but fine. This is just part of having snakes indoors. Oh but to gosh. me, it's been much worse in my collection since having a bioactive stuff in the same room. Well, that's got to be it because I never had them before. I mean, I had like gnats and stuff, but I never saw all that I'm seeing now. And it's 
I cannot do that kind of bug. Maggots and like, ugh. Right. Well, you might want to. You might want to keep them on paper for longer than a week potentially. Or do a do a drier substrate, which doesn't sound good this time of year. Ugh, I hate paper. I know I hate paper, and then I use paper for a little while, and I'm like, yep, I still hate it so much. Right. They get really wet really quick. They float in their pee. Yeah. I I mean, check them twice a day, so they're not floating in their pee for a week, but it's like, they're literally floating in their bin. It's so gross. Mm Mm-hmm. A full clean out every freaking day. Well, I don't know. (laughs) I hate paper. Like, what's worse? The the flies are worse. So I that's know, the flies paper. kill me. Mm. I'm hoping when we move, we won't move very many flies. That'd be dope. That would be dope. Is that a Pacific Northwest thing, or is it an all-state? Yeah. I didn't have them that bad in West Virginia. I don't know why. I used a ton of paper in West Virginia, though. I don't think I used loose substrate ever. Really? With all your snakes? Boas, they don't, they don't give a shit. Do they, like, flood themselves? How often do you clean your boas? Because you have to clean on different days, don't you? Yeah. Well, so this was in the before time. Oh, okay. That's that's fair. But they will flood themselves too. But a boa is like a blood where they'll... And a ball python where they'll like wait. And they'll just do it all at once. Yeah. And then you just pick it up. Yeah, yeah. I just mean I just... I hate to pick up a literally dripping snake and then like the... That's right, it's gross. it's gross. It's super gross. It's gross. And it's gross. It's gross for them. I guess the argument is like, they're doing that in cocoa too. So many people are so mad at people that use cocoa. I've heard this argument and they're not wrong. Is that paper towels are cleaner because they may float in their urine, but, but you, you can... immediately clean it. And so it's always clean. Whereas the cocoa is just like piss saturated. Right. All the time. Right. It's a, I, I'm... Pro Coco. Pro Coco. Not too. trademark brand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That is a brand. But usually Fire. I just do like the sniff test. Like if the whole bin starts to smell like pee because they've peed, you didn't take enough out right. one too many times or whatever, you just, you can dump it then. So I like, am like due for like a deep cleaning also. I just did mine. I changed the paper. It was awful because I was still recovering from COVID, but because I, it needed it. And then I didn't clean for a whole week, which I never do. And so, like, everybody had poop. Everybody had flies. Every, it was so bad. And so we had to do a deep clean. Anyway, it was time for fresh cocoa. But I was like, screw these flies. We're doing paper towels. And oh, I miss my cocoa so bad. Well, have you tried corrugated cardboard? I'm trying that with the bows. I, yeah, you just, you had mentioned that on Instagram and your cat was... Being adorable. Mm-hmm. It's just a little thicker material. Um, so it has more absorption you, power. Where did you buy yours? bought mine from Uline. Oh, okay. I oh, should try that. Maybe but... I didn't. I bought it from Amazon. But I looked at Uline, then I price-checked Amazon, and Amazon was cheaper anyway. I definitely so like it came for that no they're, shipping. they're cleaner. Um, I do understand people's point about people with cocoa... And I tend to let my cocoa go a little longer than I should. Um, Justin Gabolka had mentioned that whenever his snakes shed, they get a fresh tub. And that is that is my ultimate goal, is to do that. Because I think that that's a good time reference. 
Um, and then obviously the sniff test or whenever they need it. And I clean my bins multiple times a week. And you take out the whole nasty part and you can refresh the cocoa as you go. But mm-hmm. um, that's mostly what I do. I don't necessarily do a deep clean per shed. I just don't do it. I don't do that either, but that's what he does. And I think that would be easier than trying to do a hundred snakes at one time, at one time, deep clean and fresh cocoa, which is what I currently do. Well, we need you and our employees. <laughs> I can't even pay myself. Me neither. <laughs> or my kids. Slave labor. Yeah. When Justin's <clears throat> like, yeah, we do this, that, this. I'm like, I'm pretty sure Chase is doing that. I'm pretty sure Chase is doing that. <laughs> he does do a lot. He's still super hands-on, even though he has, what, what, like four or five employees? I'm pretty sure he said he doesn't clean anymore. He just oh, cuts he and pairs and pulls. He does all the fun stuff. Well, and all the paperwork, like the planning for pairing, which is yeah, totally the fun yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got the right idea. I would probably also divide the labor that way. Uh, yeah, for sure. That is the fun part. I put seven snakes together yesterday though on the paper towels and it might just be because i just ultrasounded so all seven girls that i paired this week are all 25 plus so that might be the magic that's happening but there's no locks all of them locked within like three hours and that's never happened Hmm. i usually get everybody to lock within three days but literally when i went to check before i went to bed everyone was locked hmm I don't and think it was because no of the paper towels. There was nothing. It was just like, boom, everybody was probably they were just all in. feeling real juicy. And my little chicken nugget, the Mojave Leopard, Het Clown, Het Pie. Are you using them? Have you decided to use them as like a stopgap? So, yeah. So, the clown is out. He hasn't paired in a couple weeks. Um, and still not We're in much. collection updates. I guess so. We, we should, sorry. I totally got off subject. We could no, I think shipping. we're done with shipping. That's plus, us rambling plus, about shipping. There's lots of good YouTube videos if you, the audio doesn't sort of do it for you. Or like the the guides don't do it for you. It's, there's lots of good ones. Should we, can we just re-hit that or you think we hit it? we just run through this again real quick without no, all the commentary? We were talking about it for... For a hundred years? We've been recording for an hour. So oh, if the first fair. five minutes was nothing, we've talked about it for an hour. I think it's fine. Well, we didn't talk to say ship to hubs only. We, oh, we did. We did. Before. We just didn't right. do it in we order. Did, yeah, we didn't do it in order. What were we talking about that was way more interesting? Oh. Your clown? My clown. <laughs> talking about me. Gosh, that sounds egotistical. <laughs> Which parts will I edit out? <laughs> That's right. You decide. Yes, for sure. So, um, I, don't, I don't know if he's going to get back in it this season, but I have a backup clown coming, and even if I do a short quarantine, that's... Even, like, four to six weeks is, like, the shortest that I would do on him. Probably should do eight weeks. So, I don't... Yeah, the Mojave Leopard is, is in it because I have a girl at 30. And he's little, the backup clown. He's... Isn't he 500 grams? No. 700? I'm I not... thought it was 500. No, no. no. I mean, maybe he's bigger. I think the ad you sent me, he was in the 600... 500? 650? It's not important. I mean, if he'll lock, that's all that matters. But to me, that size is not a locking size. But if you give him a weaned a week. Right. He could weeks, he could be in eight weeks. Right. You've never locked males that are 
My first season, two of my males were 500 grams. But weren't they... How old were they? A year. One year. Okay. He's two. Did they have sauce? Secret sauce? They had sauce and they sired most of the So I'm, I'm not saying a one-year-old 500-gram one can't sire clutches, but he's going to have just as short of a time frame where he has strength and honor to me unless he consistently eats. So I don't know. You you would have to get him and then feed him every five days it's a week. Crap freaking shoot is what it is. Right. The clown leg of my journey has taken a hit. Clown leg. Um, my new band. The best part is he's a 2020. Uh, yeah, that's why I ended up getting him is because he was the right age and he had some size on him. So in eight weeks, he should be more than healthy to take on four or five girls. I still have 10 girls in that category that I I don't know what I'm going to do with. So, so yeah, I threw in the chicken nugget. He's 600 grams. He, is he a 2020 also? Yes, he's a 2020 also. Okay. Um, but I had put him in before the head clown once or twice. That same one that he's in with right now that he's locked with. And he was like, ah, over in the corner. So I was like, eh, maybe I won't do that. And that's why I had moved on to the idea of buying a backup clown. And so, but I put him in and he locked right up with her this time. So that head clown girl, though, had got like two or three locks from the sugar head clown but the sugar head clown got the visual clown and i don't necessarily need i don't know I was right a leopard mojave double head clown pot is technically probably better than a sugar head clown i agree that's why so that's why i put him because she's she just needs one more lock and then she's dead so he he did it and so that girl's done and i don't know what i'm gonna do with the other on the list DTF uh it's just I don't know to me it's I my advice is probably the same as it was last week where you just do the best you can with what you got and if the little ones are ready becomes ready or if you want to do het to het pairings which suck that's fine whatever life sucks it's not the end of the world it's better than nothing Right, and not het to het uh, yeah a lot of those things are uh, (laughs) but I was hoping to prove out all these het girls so that I can use them with like the sugar visual clown next year or like the... Well, he wouldn't be old enough, by then. You're right. He won't be old enough. Yeah. It, I, sometimes I get ahead of myself also. <sighs> You're like, oh, I'll bring that to that. No. The next year. No, he'll only be like three months old. <laughs> if I even get him. If I even hit that. I should hit. I should hit that. Let's yeah. Let's visual. do positive. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'm going to get all the sugar clowns. Um, you just need one male. Then he'll be fine. But I also have the bongo yellow belly and the spot nose yellow belly. The, the bongo pets. yellow belly is pause hat. Pause hat. Yeah. So how's the move? Ideally, like somehow, like you would get a bongo yellow belly calico clown visual. So that was born last year. <laughs> was born last year. Whoops. So doesn't exist. But the uh... snake you bought from Garrett to Meyer. Mine is a little oh, shittier. Yours is in bongo. Yeah, mine's shittier than that. Yeah. I have regrets, but I also am not sad about the snakes in my... I should have bought a visual. No, it's hard to buy a visual every time. So, like, you have to make the choice sometime not to. For many reasons. Budgetary, testing, whatever. So, I don't think you should be embarrassed or whatever. Or I'm upset not embarrassed. or whatever. I'm just like... I should have... I just, I didn't buy a 2021 clown. And I also didn't produce one. So 
There's nothing new coming down the pipes for 2022. Correct. Correct. Which I should have, instead of buying two hats, 2021s, I should have gotten... At least one of them individual. Correct. And I could have gotten the bongo clown visual from the same person who was willing to let me test, but it didn't have the yellow belly. Yeah, it's okay. I wanted the yellow belly. Only one good thing out of this is that the backup clown I got has yellow belly, so... He also has pastel, but you can't win them all. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be fine. Yellow belly makes banana look nice. Especially if I don't hit the visual clown. Mm-hmm. It's it so It adds a lot of color yeah, to what is there. Yeah, it's very vibrant. It's very flashy, and everybody wants them. Mm-hmm. That's I don't know I what anybody way. should do, but I, I also have a lot of male hit clowns that I refuse to let go. Because, like, I... Yeah like them or like something about them and it's not a good decision to keep them but i either can't afford to replace them with the visuals or i have fantasies about their potential dinkerness that don't aren't, aren't borne out with reality oh dinker 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 you and your dinkers so what happened was i waited too long and all the spot nose yellow belly male coming Hi, Pookie. That's the, the real travesty here. That's we, what happened. Is it's waiting too long. Well, no. I've seen Spotnose Yellow Belly Clowns for sale. Now. You no, can get one right last now. Last fall on people's tables on Instagram at shows, oh, but not ever but on, not Morph, on Market. Morph Market. There is one on Morph Market right, right now. now. Is it Justin's? Justin had one. Whatever. And I was looking at it and I was like... That sucks. Why didn't I buy you? It was a twenty, the late twenty twenty one baby. Yeah, yeah, it was a late twenty twenty one baby. But my not visual clown, my head spot nose yellow belly is big. Was way busier than the one that's for sale right now. There's definitely a quality variation in Correct. spot nose yellow belly clowns. Right. I've seen some that look basically like a Pompeii almost already. And right. Some that and look that's like... what I like. It's the really crazy busy. And my it's... head is crazy busy. And so every time I look at him, I'm like, you're so pretty. That's why I don't regret it. Is because I look at him and I'm like, you're right. exactly the, you're exactly right. Right. For what I want. So I'll just have to wait a little longer to have a visual mail yeah. by him. The, the only goal is to like not give too many girls to suboptimal males. No, like one or two. Right. Which is a bummer because that feels like a waste of a male. But I It yeah. is kind of but but once you lock in the sun that you know you need, it's fine. Yeah, can, so if or, they're big or enough, buy a replacement that meets your standards better. Correct. Right. So this those those will get they'll each get a visual and they'll each get a head. Right. Alright. Next year. And that's it. Yeah, I have a stupid number of male head clowns. Like I have three I feel like that's or a something. lot. I feel like that's a lot. And I just sold I one. So 10? I had four. Ten? Do I have ten? That's a, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. I have four. And one of them's double head. And it came in a, a collection I bought. A small collection that I bought 18 months ago. So that's why I have him. Although I... I don't know. I, I'm rethinking some, some things. Some projects. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So I like want you to think about projects in terms of like two males and four females as like groups or five females as groups so that there can be backups. Correct. But then the most best male still gets many chances to sire way more offspring well, than would be normal. And that's the plan for the future. Yeah. 
So I like having backup meals that aren't used at all because they're not good enough, but they can always come in and be something whenever. Better than having no locks when you have a girl at right. 30 millimeters so, who's just ready to ready for the juice. So my problem with like with a lot of the males I kept were dinker males, but they're basically like the one that's to test the dinker and the one that's the backup to test the dinker. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So then, it, then you have like ten because you're like because now I now I'll have two visual male clowns. So I'll have right. So now you, now you have like a clown chain where like the older one is not as exciting, and so that one goes away first whenever right. you produce a sugar clown male or whatever the combo. <gasps> I have five. I forgot about the sugar egg. <laughs> Dang it! See, you're close to ten. <laughs> that is a lot. I guess that's ten, but I don't actually know what. No, I have five. Holy crap! That's way too many. Two are babies. It's not way too many if they're not being used the wrong way. If they're literally waiting for the chance to, like, split four females' clutches or whatever. Correct. Well, like the sugar hat clown. I put him to a head, and I put him to a visual, and the visual went first. And so now I'm throwing somebody else in with that head. Right. You probably have enough shots at his gametes winning. And then if you get what you get, if you get a male... You definitely don't need him anymore. You can go away right away. Right. Because you don't necessarily need him to breed anybody else next year because he can't offer you anything else combo-wise. But i got to wait for his babies to come. But if he doesn't produce anything, I need to probably just buy rather than waiting another oh, season. Oh, yeah. I probably would not also breed him another season. Correct. So it's just he like will... dumb luck that he came in the collection Correct. that you bought. Correct. Right. Because I normally wouldn't buy a single gene head clown. Unless it was like Wookie. <laughs> yeah, like unless Wookie it was over then then maybe a, a sugar head clown to me. If it was like sugar yellow belly or sugar spot nose, like yeah, okay. Then right. I would get it. But I wouldn't have purchased him by himself. He came with the huge collection that I bought. Right. And I was like, Cool, that's what I wanted. So I'll just use the use a little chicken nugget and he got the job done and she's big. Mm-hmm. She's really big. Yeah, I I think everything's fine. Everything's fine. As yeah. usual. So you think it's good to put them to a one visual and one head? I don't know. If you had a, a clown that was worth like a billion dollars and was ready to breed and you could like guarantee money out of the visual to visual pairings, you might be like, I don't care if I'm playing the long odds on the head to heads. Because I'd rather have more of my power in my best power pairings. That would be the only time I'd say. For next year, it's fine. But the year after, when you have a clown pie, probably don't need any of these het, male head clowns at all anymore. No, no, yeah. So one one more season. And then so I you should probably it. buy two clown pies, is what I'm saying. So I'm going <laughs> against your advice. <laughs> against your advice. Okay. This is the thing I'm rethinking. And instead of making triple hats... I am putting that low value double head to <sighs> my visual. And I know that pisses you off, but I'm hoping to produce a backup clown pie male. I know that's what you're hoping, but that that backup won't be ready until 2024. So aren't you just going to make a billion dollars this year and just go buy another one anyway? That's fair. That's, that's what I'm question. saying. Like she's the triple heads or... Pos quads? I don't know. Depending on what mail you put to it. I don't know yet if he's het cryptic. 
whatever. We'll find out. <laughs> Potentially. I mean, you'll find out this year because you're... He's, he's breathing, got, yeah. too. He's got a visual and a head. So if that happens, those babies are worth $7,000 each or something. Why would you waste your time making a uh, clown pipe male when... We when have this argument, like, once a month, and she is, like, right on the cusp. She's bull wrapping, but she's still, like... She's like 11, 1100 grams. Did you check her? Yeah, she's less than 10. But she's acting, acting funky. You don't have to make a decision yet. Right. She's got a couple more months before she If you she really gets her first want log. the leopard to try. I know you think so, it's So a waste. if you did that and still didn't hit a male clown pie, would you be like. I'd be pissed. Oh. Yeah, it would, be, it would be a gamble. And if it didn't, I didn't hit any clown. I could hit no, no clown pies. Right. Because it's one in four. Right, and so if you use gender as a determiner, now it's one in one in eight. One in eight. So Correct. it's not that great and odds on a little year, snake. And she's probably uh, yeah. going to do four, five. If you're to lucky. me, it feels like if you have big ovaries, dollars, I would just buy another clown pipe. But he just cut me off, man. That you sell this year? Yeah. Oh, that's fair. I got to pay for my own kiki now. What? Mm-hmm. Hot <laughs> take. Hot take, I've been cut off. But, you know, I just... Like, I mean, the Kiki might not exist for you to buy anyway. anytime soon. No, anyway. it's not going to anyway. So, I spent probably $20,000 this month. What? With permission. Like, full disclosure, it wasn't, like, on the DL and you didn't know. Like, we had talked all of last... In December, we had discussed all this and what we were going to buy. But, yeah, I spent $20,000 this month. It's a lot. On, on racks and snakes and... Yeah, the racks are hard because they get you. They get you coming and going. So I spent 10, 10 on racks. Oh my God, I muted it and it didn't count. <laughs> That's fine. You want to talk about cords? I would like to start a new corn corner corner. called Cornhole. <laughs> cornhole. <laughs> I, uh, I love it when you talk about other species. No, I don't you don't. Think it, no, you don't. Jana's that's lying. bullshit. Jana's lying so hard right I'm now. not lying. I learned so <laughs> much. Just because I've never listened Except to the she Boa glazes, episode. She glazes over. It's slips true. Into you a guys coma. can't see it, but when... Now you can. Now you'll see when she's talking and I'm just like... La, la, la. Check Fuck your this Instagram. Bitch. Oh, wait. Were you talking to me? Can you I repeat know. that? She edits that stuff out. <laughs> I, I edit it out hard. <laughs> so... The reason why I think maybe the reason why I think anybody should learn about any other kinds of species, even though they're dedicated to the to the one that they're working on, is because you can learn things about your species by hearing experiences about other ones, ostensibly. I'm colubrid curious. I know you are. So it's okay. I really do want to hear about this. I know you think I hate it, and I know you think I glaze over. I glaze over because you throw a lot of information out at once, and sometimes it's too much for my pea brain to handle. So I glaze over because I'm trying to process it. All right. And you take that as disinterest, but it's not. Boas fascinate me, but they totally terrify me at the same time. But you can see, I was sending you boa stuff, you creep. She's so mean to me, guys. All right, back to corn steaks. Edits it out. Back to corn steaks. I am mean to you. I I don't know why you put up with me. Um, so you watched Sarah Moore's video about diffused versus blood red. I did, and it was. Did any of it sink in? You don't have a lot of context for any of it, so I don't know why it would have sunk in. I did watch it though. Okay, good job. Homework. I did it. (laughs) So I guess the the central thesis. I won't like repeat her whole 
video because that's not what's at question here is diffused is a particular recessive traits in corn snakes and blood red was originally thought to be just diffused but we can't reproduce the phenotype without other genes too so she was like should it be should blood red be just diffused or should blood red be diffused in mask correct right that was the, that was the question posed right she's just like her Is opinion was diffused? it should be both of a mask and diffused and not just diffused. I know nothing, but I she made a good point and I agreed with her even though I had no idea what she was talking about. It's like, yeah, that sounds right. Good for you. So I actually like want to have a third option, which is it should be diffused mask and a red enhancer. Well, she did talk about a red enhancer. Oh, yeah. No, I guess her points were was it red diffused enhancer? red enhancer or diffused that, yeah, mask. Okay. 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 I yeah. think it should be all three, <laughs> is be my three. point. Okay. Because there... There has to be a red modifier to get, to, that, get, to get the yeah, color right. I Otherwise, agree. they look sort of orangey. It's nice, but it's like it's just like Are a uniform... Are you going to video? Yeah. Okay. Go yeah, with I, the video. I good. do. I don't always know do. And I thought it was good. <laughs> Her video got taken down because she had what? a DMCA takedown. Because, you know, some music sounds like other music. So she oh. used copyright-free music, but they still... Took it down? Took it down. Anyway, because it kind of sounded like something that wasn't copyright because algorithm's not smart. I watched it just in the nick of time. <laughs> but she put up another version of it, so I'll have to link the, the new version. I guess what I wanted to talk about mostly was I think Blood Red should be all three, but I also think Mask is still a wild card. Mask causes, like, the head to be weird, the belly to be kind of cleaned up in the center, and the super is more cleaned up, so there's checkerlessness. Okay. So it's like diffused. That's why they always thought they were the same. But here's my point. But not all diffused are blood red. Right. Is what she was trying to say. Right. right. And I, I think everyone agrees that with okay. that. Dif- okay. Blood red is more than just diffused. Okay. It's at least also mask and is probably, probably a also red. a red enhancing gene that we don't know which one we want to identify it as. Okay. It doesn't have a name. Well, we just don't know which one. There are many of them. So has it not been reproduced? Is that the problem? No, it has. Oh. Okay. It's just like, we're like, this looks awesome and it makes awesome babies. But why is it? So if you bred it to something that okay. doesn't look very much like it, you'll get less awesome ones. And you're like, why? It's probably because there's multiple genes controlling the phenotype. So we talk about this with ball pythons and there's like multiple factors, multiple genes making up that effect. Poly, right. Poly, what's the word? Polygenic. Poly-genic. But in this case, each, there's three genes making the look, but each one is monogenic. So it's controlled by like a single point mutation. Right. Polygenic just means like there might be 10 or five separate alleles that control one sort of outcome. So you're like cream of the crop, beautiful queen bee snake corn that has not been reproduced is probably polygenic. Oh, yeah, she's 100% polygenic. Everything about her is polygenic. Okay. So, like, a silver base coat is polygenic. So that's why she's really hard. Like, she's had a bunch, but they haven't... None of them look as perfect as her. Right. Because it's like... I don't know. Fucking Seabiscuit or something has a little baby foal. Being a really good racehorse is a polygenic trait because it has to do with... Lots of factors. All kinds of shit. And so, like... blood red, you're saying it's a specific... It's probably three... Really, so it's reproducible, is what you're saying. Yeah, it's totally reproducible, but we, okay. as a group, Cormacinic people haven't really decided what they think it is. Okay. It's just, Kathy Love and Bill were like, it's really red and fucking awesome. Blood red. Everybody, 
And so they put it out there as like a, a cool phenotype without fully elucidating exactly what they thought the genotype was. So were they trying to say that it was one gene? Or they no. just gave it a name of one Yeah, gene? that happens a lot in course okay. things. So they're like, okay. it's diffuse for sure, so it's recessive, but... But we're we learning why more. The magic happens. Yeah, we're learning a lot more about like the red factor and so the red enhancing genes and so now which ones are recessive and which. Blood red the one that everybody one... thought had you shouldn't breed. Blood reds had problems early on, failure to thrive issues, mm-hmm. but no one knows no why one they had that. that anymore. No, because okay, two or three years, ago, three years ago, I think now maybe two and a half. When when Corona started and we were researching snakes. I remember looking, we really liked the look of blood reds and somebody had like dissuaded me in the corn snake community. Like, oh, those are bad. Yeah. I wouldn't, if someone came to me, it's like, can I, should I get into diffused and or blood red combos? It wasn't like, a breed. It was like a pet. Yeah. Go ahead, everybody. They're fine. They've been outcrossed to the I high know. heavens. Okay. So they're fine. It's probably one of those things where, like, there's a was a bad allele in... So that doesn't always happen. You can't always find the bad part and take it out. It's connected to the gene. But in this case, it's not connected to the gene. They seem just fine. Oh, okay. Interesting. My main point about that video is mask to me feels still like an unknown. Because she has talked about what she thinks are the heterozygous... Yeah, there's a little clicking. Okay. Heterozygous mask and homozygous mask phenotypes are. And I'm like, sounds good on paper. Those phenotypes sound good on paper, but I've seen super mask to what is ostensibly not a mask animal by any trait make super masks. And I have mask-ish things that do not qualify, but are mask-ish. So then it's like, to me, I think we need to relook at mask again and decide if it's, it still is incomplete dominant. There's a heterozygous form and a homozygous form, but it's maybe like, like paint is in ball pythons where... The het form can be super head effect or not at all. Okay. And the homozygous form is more consistent. That's the super, right? Yeah. So I think mask needs to maybe be looked at that way and maybe I'm wrong. So there are heterozygous masks that look totally normal. But sometimes heterozygous masks can have a little bit of head effect. So we probably should rethink of mask as recessive. Right in. This is me just making stuff up. Sorry, I'm. She's she obsessed with over. the cat. Yeah, the cat is so cute. I'm sorry, I'm listening. All right. So they need to revisit the mask. What about the the red factor? What does that even mean? The reason why the names are stupid is because nobody could figure it out. Okay, well, that makes sense. So there's a lot of red enhancing genes. Genes, and they have a lot of different names like salmon and coral and. I've heard those. And those all come from different people. And sometimes, oh, hypo. Okay. Got it. And it's like, oh, it's mine. I'm going to make. Well, they just didn't know what the hell it was. They're like, because there's a lot of line breeding. Yes. So it could have been polygenic, but then they like figure it out eventually. Like it's not polygenic. It's monogenic, and we can have a heterozygous coral or a homozygous coral, or whatever. And some of them are actually recessive, and some of them are incomplete dominant, which sounds crazy to say out loud. And if you just get a snake out of the woods, you don't know if it's the incomplete dominant red enhancing gene, the recessive red enhancing gene, or both. It can be both. I have an animal that is homozygous for the incomplete dominant version and het for the recessive version. How will we ever tell the babies apart? We're not. We're just going to be like, they're red. They're red. They're beautiful. (laughs) We did it. 
you're like Queen Snake is in her pre-ovulation sheds. So like what my King Snakes just did. Right. She'll she be, hasn't been bred. She I never brumated her because she was in quarantine. So oh. she, well, I've been like. going to have to guess. Yes. I was going to have to guess when she, she was going to sh- want to ovulate. And to me, she's been flying out of the cage trying to kill me. She was Did look- they do that too? Yeah. She was looking for food in my pants the other day. That was on Instagram. <laughs> I saw that. I'm like, what are you doing? She was looking I for food because she, this there. next shed will be the one where she's like, oh, it's spring. And so then she'll be allowed to be paired. And then she'll have her pre-lay shed. No more okay. pairing. And then she'll lay eggs. It's a whole, it's a whole different mindset than ball pythons. It's so crazy. someone who doesn't breed a colu- a temperate colubrid just puts a male in every week f- after the new year until they start getting locks or re- receptivity is what happens. Like after okay. a shed. So this might not be it, but I think it is. So that we could wait till the next shed. Maybe the next shed happens in April. They will shed and then they'll be like, it's spring, I think. And then they it's will spring, be receptive. So they, you don't, temperate colubrids, you don't roommate or some people don't and then they just yeah a lot of people don't roommate hard noses corns kings at all they just keep them in the house and start trying them you can you just sync things up much better with brumation everybody comes out and it's like oh yeah it's spring now okay we're all in the same boat together i don't think she's in shed at all i'm like oh well, well, you didn't broom it as long. No, I didn't. I will not do that next year. I'll have to do the full eight weeks. I'll just have to do it sooner. Yeah. And you could have still, because this isn't like part of your money making no, scheme totally or whatever, you could have like let let them down or brought them up. It doesn't matter either way. They will still ovulate. You just don't know when. The um, July show. So the babies would be ready. But you don't get to time it. You don't get to. They just do what they want. So right. If she bad. doesn't feel like it's spring, she won't shed to indicate that she's feeling like spring like i brought mine up early and they all acted like they were still brumating anyway mine have been flying out trying to kill me and eat well maybe still pair them just to see what happens just in case well sometimes they'll skip their post brumation shed so i should be preparing both of them already just for fun well i gotta try the next though just feed feed them so they don't eat each other and then just try so I fed them, and then they didn't breed. But I fed them the same day, and I don't think I'll do that again. I, but I was really worried they were going to eat each other. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a massacre. So when I had cow kings, I paired them... Um, like the next day after eating? or Just a lot. They never really tried to eat each other. He didn't even bite her or anything. He, then he probably wasn't that into it. He was chasing her, and she was like flying in circles. And right, he he, was he like, wanted it, but he wasn't and he was ready. Like, and he was like jizzing all over the place. She was just like, "Bye bye." I put a I put a reel up. And I I don't want no scrub, a scrub, a scrub. Yeah, she was totally not feeling it. She was like, "Get away from me!" And I was waiting for him to get like bitey and hold her down and stuff. He didn't do any of that. He was very polite, and I was I was a little disappointed. Soon. Maybe. I'll keep trying. It doesn't, like I said, it does not matter at all if they breed. They're really just disposal services for kinked ball python babies. But it's fun. They it's like different. doing that. Do you want to do your collection update? I kind of did. I like do I have a collection update? I don't know. I'm asking. Do you have any girls off food? Do you have any that have ovulated? Have you even been using your ultrasound? No. Is your ultrasound like... <laughs> Shoved in a corner and you're kind of. it off. My ball buttons are like slow and boring, so I don't have anything really exciting to say there. I don't 
So mine, I don't have anybody that ovulates this soon in the year anyway. So they're not going to ovulate magically ahead of time. Okay. And none of the new ones have ovulated, obviously, because none of them have built much of anything. So the ball findings are pretty boring. We won't see ovulations till like, April. That's pretty normal, though, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because then they lay in June or whatever. Because there's some people on Facebook that are seeing other people. It's like, blah, 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 they're ovulating. And they're like, I give up. I should just quit parrying. And I'm like, it's not even... <laughs> Yeah. It's not even that time in the season that you should be getting discouraged yet. It's early days. Most ball pythons lay in the summer because that's what they do in, in Africa. Yeah. So, like April, May ovulations. And most, for the most part, ball python pairing is a six to eight month marathon, not a sprint. So, you start pairing in August or something crazy of last year, and that female could. Could have been an early pair or whatever. And that's why you paired her early. And she could still go two months later the next year anyway. So you had to be prepared to not give a fuck for a long time. Very little expectations. And then you're like pleasantly surprised when you ovulate. <laughs> so yeah, I don't, ball pythons aren't doing anything. It's the boas that are like catching up fast. It still don't have another ovulation. Do they swell like ball pythons? Is mm-hmm. that how you tell? Bigger. Oh, bigger, bigger and more insane. Oh, interesting. They Did look you like have pictures or anything on your Instagram of your boa ovulation? No, I missed her ovulation. How did you know that she ovulated then? She just looked post ovulation y. See, this is what happens when you have experience. You can do things like. And oh, then, yeah, and then like, totally right ovulated. now she's in a shed, so like, she ovulated okay. and then how long in is... secret at some point. I just won't pay attention to them that much. They're boas. And I haven't fed any of them for like six weeks or something crazy. That sounds amazing. They're taking their little like winter fasting break. Right, right, I right. I feed the babies still every two weeks like normal, but I don't. That's cool. That's really cool. I don't. They're on break right now. So how long after Prelay Shed do boas gestate? I guess it would be the, it's the, yeah, it would be the equivalent of a Prelay Shed in a ball python. But Correct. to us, it's the post-ovulation shed. Because they're never going to lay. It's the same difference. Tomato, tomato. Right. It's so funny you said it like that. I'm like, wait, that's wrong. No, I just like, I was like, is that the same thing? It's not. I just meant, is it the same thing? It is the same thing. Is it Like biologically. She's going to ovulate and then shed about 30 days apart like a ball python. Okay. And then how long after till she? 105 to 110 days. But think about it. That's 60 days. Plus 30 to 45. Oh, oh okay. It's exa- it almost the exactly okay. the same. It's just all inside her body. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. No work needed. It does seem like a long time to wait, though. It just feels that way because you got no, like, extra surprise in the middle. Yeah, that's true. It's the same. It's exact. It's almost exactly the same. And not all boas are like that. This is boa imperator mutts that do this. So we're going to go into it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll, we'll talk about it next week. So yours are hybrid. I I mean, you can talk about boas in particular. I was going to talk about all hybrids, like carpet balls and whatever. Just have a discussion about that. Your dinker boy is suspected. Maybe a carpet ball. Okay, are those angry balls? I don't know. I thought angry balls were blood balls. I don't. I don't know. I'm not super. Are those super balls? Super balls? No, angry balls are uh, the bumpy ones. (laughs) <laughs> the bumpy ones. Uh, <laughs> Don't like my balls bumpy. <laughs> so dumb that I can't think of what they're called. The bumpy pythons that look like ball pythons still, and golem pythons. Holy oh, I did know that. Dang it. 
Bumpy ball python. Sorry, I didn't know that. What I know a lot of things. Doesn't necessarily mean it's like available to me at any one time. That's fair. Mm-hmm. I used to be smart, and then I had three kids, and they sucked my brains out, and I haven't slept in eight years. Mm-hmm. And now, so um, they did blonde in the corner. Although I'm not even blonde anymore. They sucked my What blonde. the fuck? So the the, the point of the story is there are some hybrids that are closer together than other ones. So we can uh, see that a ball python and a carpet python are really different. Correct. But technically, a boa constrictor and a boa imperator are also species level hybrids. That's fascinating. So, and they used to be one species with different subspecies. But science has decided the subspecies are lame to them. So now all of mine are not integrates, but true hybrids between different boa species, as are most morph boas. This is also true for corn snakes. I wanted to bring up corn snakes because everyone's like worried about something about their corn snake. Corn snakes are so not pure at all. It's hilarious. And they've also taken subspecies and bumped them up to species status. So... Stuff that used to be an integrate like Slowinskii and Emory is now a whole ass hybrid. So even if you ignore the fact that there's probably California king snake in it from Tessera and gray rat snake in it in Ultramel, there's also like within the former corn snake species hybridization too. Some level of that from nature is good, but not necessarily from us. Is well, that right? Does it matter? Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. So my argument is it, all the rules are made up and nothing matters. So if you want locality stuff, go ahead. If you want more stuff, go ahead. If you want pure stuff and you believe it's pure, so you sell your stuff ahead. as hybrid. What do you sell it as? I, I sell it as imperator because it's too complicated to explain to someone. Hey, hey, let's talk about this. So this is ninety-five percent. Colombian-ish, 1% Panama, okay. 2% Nicaraguan, and 3% Boa Constrictor, and a half a percent Boa Sigma. It is predominantly Boa Imperator. Okay. It's not. And so they're, they're pure Boa Imperator. Uh, in, integrate, is that how you say it? No, because it's cross-species now. It used to be Boa Constrictor had multiple subspecies, like nine. But those are not the same as localities. No. Locality would be like a country or a region. You just just listed countries and regions. Right, but a Colombian is a locality of the artist formerly known as Boa Constrictor Imperator. Imperator used to go from Colombia all the way up to Mexico. Okay. And And so you could have a locality of any of those. Okay. But now Boa Imperator is Colombia up to Mexico, but only on the east side of the continent the west side is boa sigma so there's a new species inside of there now okay so now you can have something that is imperator sigma and constrictor smushed together in the same animal with multiple localities from each species in the same animal and you can't tell and there's no like not like a dog where you just do like a i mean yeah yes if we went and did like microsatellite dna from each of the original source regions we could figure out what percentage they are but does that matter I don't think so. Everything that's a morph is a mutt and sort of doesn't matter anymore. And if you want a locality, you go find somebody who's like, this came from Brazil 30 years ago. And, it's... and they have like a pedigree of their right. lineage. 
Is that just like car- with carpets? Because yep. carpet is very heavily right. If you're locality based, the thing about carpets is it exactly the same as boas. They're actually oh, those are two groups. Yes, and the original source animals are all ostensibly Mice. subspecies. No, like the source animals from Australia are subspecies of each other. Some of them, some of them are full species. So if you made a mutt of a coastal and a jungle, it's a subspecies cross. So it's an integrate. Integrate, okay. That would I So like nice. a lot of people tolerate that very well in other but some, circles. Some, some of them don't. But okay. in boas is the same thing. They used to all be subspecies and we tolerated it very well because it was like, well, these are all imperators, so we're just mixing all these imperators. It turns out there was another species inside of imperator we were mixing all along. We just didn't know it. Okay. And we were like, whoops. Whoopsie doopsies. So when I was a child long ago, I used to be like, we should keep it pure, except for Panama. So I apparently made an exception for like Panama and Hypo, because Colombians are better than Nicaraguans or whatever anyway. Obviously, this is bias, boa bias here. So I was like, we should be relatively pure, but not super pure, pure within the subspecies. Now I don't even know if I even give okay. a shit. Are I think if like- you have pure stuff, you should keep it pure. But if you are already have morphs, you're, you're not on the pure game any, at all. There's no pure so left. So someone who is doing pures would be like line breeding traits. You wouldn't be doing like IMG and other things, right? So am I you could probably that? technically go line find... Breeding. An IMG that's pure Colombian-ish, maybe. But the IMGs came out of call albino stock that was just like, whatever was floating around. So like, is that a locality? Like right now, you can find an anery that's pure longicata. The the subspecies formerly known as longicata. <laughs> okay. Okay? So, so there are, there are more within... Jenna needs to get her master's in biology. Is that what you meant, uh, Whatever. See, this is why I glaze over. It's not because I don't care. It's because you talk like I have a master's. Okay, let's go back. Let's go like so. There are morphs within localities already. Okay. Yes. If you wanted pure a species right now, you could go find a pure version of it, but you could never cross it to all the other versions because they came from something else to begin with. You would need two pure a pair of pures. Right, but and and you couldn't combine it with anything. Because, like, the leopard comes from Boa Sigma. So that's a totally different species. And Hypo comes from Panama, which is a totally different species and locality. It's a impurator, which is what you have. Right, but I have... leopard? No, I can do whatever I want. I'm an adult. Because you have mutts. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're on the morph Yeah, I'm on team. I don't give give a fuck. If I got locality animals, I would keep them... Pure, because they're already rare and expensive, just existing. They're born more expensive than my mutts. So okay. that's where they're right there. Okay, that makes sense. But if I want to combine VPI, Leopard, Motley, that is a mutt to begin with. And it's still <laughs> a mutt forever. Okay. So you have to decide if that's okay to you. That makes sense. So, like, the mutt market is very like the ball python market, where nobody cares that much what the composition of the adults are. They care what... The genes are. What they look like, rather than what their genetic composition Mm -hmm. is. So if you're into leopards, that's cool. You just have to decide if you want pure leopards that are only Boa Sigma and don't ever cross to anything else, or if you just want to do whatever you want to do. So if you wanted a pure leopard, is there, what morphs are in Sigmas? 
There's a hypo, an anery, and a leopard. And leopard. That might be it in Sigma. Okay. So you're really like limiting if you do the pure side. Oh, there might be a T plus. That's pure. A T, an albino, albino. strain. Okay. Is the, yeah. Like, is T plus someone that has problems or not? Mm-mm. Okay. They're all fine. Then you, but you're super limited what you can buy. You need to wait around on a list for a six months to a year to buy one or two. Well, no, 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 no. First, you've got to suck a lot of dick. <laughs> we don't want to suck. Listen, you don't want to suck Boa dick. It's the worst. It's it the grungiest the worst. dick I've ever seen. Go, oh, Lord. Is not clean. It's been around since the 80s. But I'm saying is you got to get in good with them. you got to get in the good old boys club, like the old school club, which I'm not in. The Boa people are less like clubby than. Yeah, but it's more. You're about to hit that circuit. I'm so jealous. But sure, it's like. I don't know. You still need to get on a list to wait for anything anyway because they just don't breed as much. There are just less of them. That's true. So they're not saving them for their friends necessarily. They just don't have any. So they can't sell to you because they breed every other year potentially. That's fair. They don't breed till they're six or seven or whatever. And half of them have arena and are dead. Ability of a bow market to turn to being like super high production is much less, especially a more a lineage bow market. It's just like a very like tiny, a locale. Yeah, if there's only market. ten females in the whole country right now. Then how are we going to produce a bunch right away? It not. takes at least time for somebody. Long. Some of those boas are. Woo-hoo. That's why the the bow price went up more relative to some other things. Well, I know people like, that are well, breeders, but they keep like. Three boas that are like super high end boas, not pure, just high Morph. end morphs. And they're like, oh, it's gonna be like a forty thousand dollar litter. Yeah, you could actually like have a full business just in boas. People are like, well, the only way to make money in boa is boa pythons. That's not true. There's the boa people are laughing at you when you say that because there's a full functioning morph, like really high and end. and locality high end market in boas yeah. that is. This is not in your face like ball pythons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's just they're just less of them, but they are just as prestigious or whatever as a high end ball python, I'm and they that. command I'm the same price. As I share boa stuff now, Instagram's like, "Ooh, she likes boas," so it's showing up in my feed now. Yeah, and I yeah. think the problem with boas is they they're bit physically bigger, so they require bigger space, and yeah. so you can't run as many, and they have arena virus complications that may or may not you believe exist or whatever they exist i just <laughs> terrified me and you sneeze wrong and, you, and everybody's dead I, I so like boas i could not so it's I like it's almost like the, the opposite of, of that though like okay. like boas are good at living with it which makes them a problem oh, i met my i met my ball pythons. oh yeah right everybody's dead <laughs> right so like I, one day we'll do an arena virus specific uh podcast because yeah. that's like the conversation we should really be having. Because to me, not a virus is done and easy. Closed book. It's so easy. Just test for it. Don't cross-contaminate. Closed book. Beautiful. Biosecurity between each of your Right. But boas, you're like, each of your breeding let's think about groups. the hardest thing of all time and uh, contemplate the, no, our no, navels for the next 20 years. First, let's the fetal <laughs> position about all the deaths from this right. and all the nastiness. And literally, I don't mm. I'm, too, I'm, I'm scared. I'm scared of arena yeah, virus. Yeah, well, you should be. Well, and then talking to Elijah, now I'm scared of crypto. Oh, yeah, you should be scared of crypto. I thought I, but I, thought I had, like, a... I thought I had it under control, and he's like, yeah, let's pour a glass of uh, 
I think I told you I thought you should wear gloves at shows. You did. You told me all this, and I'm just like, la, 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 Because of crypto. Not because of Nido, because you no, can obviously no, yeah, no. handle it just fine. But I, crypto is, is like fine. such no, a I, pain in the dick. Crypt, crypto and IBD, isn't that the same as Arena? Mm-hmm. From the shows is what I would be concerned about, not Nido. But um, he made it sound extra scary. Like, I was like, oh, I'm testing. They're separate. They have their own tools. Blah, blah, blah. They have their own B-Day. Like... It's cool. My kings are cool. And then he like was like, it's sipping on a glass of sanitizer. It's just because sanitizer doesn't care at all. It's it's a it's a non it, right? no 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 no. Nothing kills. UVB. Oh, and bleach. Not bleach. Steam. So like steam over 160 degrees, okay. maybe 150. You can physically wash it away with soap and water, but it doesn't kill it. So it if you're just drain. like washing it in the tub, you need to like probably do something else and like. Pretty sure it's really, really, really high concentration of ammonia that you wouldn't want to smell or be around. No, probably not. No, I mean, like, so mine have tested twice, and then I'll test them one more time, probably. Maybe even more than that. I don't know. But they'll get, for sure, another crypto test. But they got a crypto upon arrival, and then they got a crypto when they came up from cremation. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'll do another I one. think, for the most part, you're fine. It's just like, like anything else, there's like a low percent chance that it was it's, missed. Yeah. And you have to just sort of deal with the consequences but of I that. But I feel like with Nidovirus, even if it's missed, I feel confident in my procedures and how I interact with my snakes and that I can kill it with, like, Dawn dish soap and F10 and, like, I can sanitize my things and I know that it's dead. It's lipid-based, so it's gone. And crypto and IBD aren't that way. Well, Arena is a lipid. Is it? Yeah. It's oh, as cool. susceptible as whatever. But to me, it feels like Arena has spread, I don't even know how to say it, may, like on surfaces and or on large particulate airborne spread in my collection. So that means surely Nido can do the same thing. I'm speculating wildly. Don't listen to anything I say. <laughs> but, you know, you can put a bow with Arena in a cage with another bow with Arena and the one bow won't get it because it's got sort of innate immunity or something to it somehow. Just like with Nido. Yes, it can spread on surfaces, but also some of them are fine. So like people take that and be like, it's it's too... So so you can hand sanitizer away arena at the show, is what I'm saying. I use sanitizer at the show. But you I can't hand sanitizer up. crypto at the show. So that that's why you would want gloves, potentially. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. That makes sense. It's what I just I'm meant saying. in like my own practice. So if I'm like sanitizing in between, yeah, that's fine for like. But it doesn't. That's not enough if it, if I had crypto, which I don't think I do. The problem is, is like we don't know what crypto does to big-bodied snakes. How much disease it can cause? Right. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know all the answers. I just it scares it's, me a little. It seems to work better in temperate snakes, for whatever reason. Probably because they, like, turn their immune systems off and on. That's why, like, his rubber boas died. They're temperate boas. Rosy boas roll from it. But rosy boas are immune to arena. Immune? Like, they don't get it or they get it and they're fine? I think they get it and they clear it. Oh, that's cool. So arena wants to live in the body of an animal that has a body temperature that's a certain... Degrees. Degree. And it just doesn't do that well when it can get in there, but they can clear it. 
just means every animal in your collection needs its own set of like rules and procedures. Right. Based on its species and its and testing regime. Like you don't really, I wouldn't probably test a rosy boa for arena because they clear it. Sorry, rosy boas. <laughs> but yeah. I also don't, we don't advocate for like universal insane amount of testing. We just advocate for the ones that are a problem currently. And well, so, yeah, I don't that's test what, every snake for everything on the list at all. Right, no, we would, we would run out of money and we would give up. <laughs> I mean, like, if but, I'm... But maybe we're also... There's a, an oversight there. Maybe there's one on the list we should have been testing for that... Well, that's why the other, like the you, other rules... You test for sunshine and... Cause, <laughs> but you test for sunshine and I don't. Right. And, and I don't think there's actually that much sunshine in this. States. I don't either, and so I think I feel like it's it's a waste. So I don't do it. Am I wrong? I could be. Could be. Right. I think. I mean, if I was importing snakes, I probably would. Why though? Know. Because it's not more common in about... Europe than it is here. There's the equal commonness. I thought sunshine was only in Europe. No, I you, I just showed you a paper where they found it in Europe. Not that it's. So it is. Chad here. has never found it here. Oh. He's definitely found it here. You just have to decide what you're comfortable I with. I can't let it. I can't let it run my life, though. I mean, I have to be. Well, it's not running my life. I just don't. I just test them all for that one too. Where can they find you? <laughs> just message me on Holdback Frack Podcast. Nobody messages me there. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at ASM World Tales. Feel free to message me if you have questions or feedback, nice things, rude things, whatever. Don't be mean to Jessica. I know. What the heck? She's she's moving. <laughs> she's mid military move. Let's I lost nice all my chickens because you people. She had to sell her chickens and her bunnies and her mm, goats. They're all gone. They're all gone. Her farm is gone. It's just right. snakes and rats. It's all right. That's okay for him too. All right, we did it. Episode fifteen. Sixteen. Fuck. <laughs> Bye. See Bye. You next Merry week. Christmas. It's always Christmas where I am. Thank you.